Hey everyone, Silu and Ravi here. Welcome back to another episode of Love and Flow. Today we are going to be talking about communication skills for productive conversations, part three. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to part one, which went into gratitude and zero-sum game, and part two, where we dove into emotional safety. So here we are today with part three, all about questioning. So Ravi, why are we here today? So I think questioning, okay, so there's so much to talk about with questioning, um, but let's just talk about it in terms of the context of our last conversations, right? Um, part one is, you know, again, this is all about, you know, communication around conflict. Mm -hmm. And part one is like, what do we want to do before we even start the conversation, right? How can I prepare in a sense before we start this conversation? And then two is... Like that first moment that you start talking, you engage, right? Mm -hmm. A first thing that we both always do is we create emotional safety. Without that, like no matter what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it starts. And that's why I would part two. But part three is now now we're feeling emotional, like emotionally safe, mm -hmm. right? We feel secure. We feel comfortable. Yeah. So like, okay, we started it off. But like the way that I think about these conversations, it's like I want to put it in a good direction, mm -hmm. right? And then not Hence only the word productive. Yeah, productive. Right. I want to make sure that the conversation kind of goes according to plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And so questioning before we even get too deep into it is that, you know, one is that it's going to really help us stay solution focused. Right. Something that you feel really strongly about. Mm -hmm. Two, it's going to help you understand, like it's going to help you learn what you need to learn once you leave the conversation. Whereas if you didn't use questioning, you would pass up on all this knowledge about your partner mm -hmm. that you can't use. And then the third result of using questioning is we're actually going to teach you how to use questions to proactively build safety. Like mm -hmm. you can just like, I need to build more safety. I realize that they're pushing back. How can I use a question to pull mm -hmm. them back in? Got it. And like, that's the power of questions, right? It can do those things mm -hmm. just by you know, I can hit all those three results and honestly one qu good question, right? And that's just how effective mm -hmm. questioning is. And that's why I love it. It's kind of like storytelling to me. It's, one of your favorite topics. <laughs> it's, it's a game changer, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like the reason everyone's not going crazy and talking about it is because there's not a Jay Shetty or a Simon Sinek or Adam Grant that's talked about it yet. It's very limited to honestly what we learn for surveys and market research. Mm -hmm. That's really like, and that's why I kind of know questioning in that domain, but that's really where it is. Yeah. Like using, like looking at our entire business background, everything that we do research for like love and flow. I've only ever seen it in my marketing research classes on how to build surveys and questionnaires. That's yeah. All. <laughs> and like, you know, you, so you're reading across, you know, work across all these domains. And then kind of like you said, you learn about marketing, questions mm -hmm. about marketing. And then you learn about how therapists use questions, mm -hmm. right? And then you go to the doctor's office, you see how they're using questions. Then you talk, then you're reading some random philosophy book because you got it at the bookstore for 30 bucks. Yep. And you're learning about the Socratic method and how this one dude was called the, mid the midwife of thought. Because mm -hmm. he didn't even have ideas. He just used questions to bring out ideas and he got the credit for it, right. which is just Amazing. Like, yeah. why would I not use questioning? Yeah. Why would I not use questions to let other people get to good ideas and I get the, you know, credit for it? It's like, how can I mean, you not? I mean, Simon Sinek said that that's what great leaders do. Mm -hmm. Right? That quote yeah. that I was talking about before, it's not about 
I don't remember the exact quote, but Simon Sinek talking in his book, Start With Why, about how good leaders don't have to have the great ideas, but good leaders just have to foster the environment that bring up great ideas. And and so so now we're starting to like see with all this information being thrown at us, like you start seeing how important questioning is. Mm -hmm. Then you start looking at it in your own life and you start realizing that when I'm asking questions, it's a whole different conversation. It's a conversation that's actually fun for us like we actually lose track of time just because we ask each other a good couple of questions yeah right? so how do i i want to harness that power mm-hmm. right um uh, but when i really think about questioning what gets me excited is actually the story that i had right so one of um my business partners he called me up um it was not it was an ex-business partner right but it was just a dear friend and he was he called me and says hey ravi we need a strategy session mm-hmm. first thing i was like oh my God, what does this mean? I mean, I have a definition of strategy. Right. But, okay, anyways, Neil, what do you need? Uh, okay, well, I said his name anyway. So he was like, well, okay, I need options. Like, I need to decide what path to take, what options to take, mm-hmm. right? And I had absolutely no idea. No idea between what is better. Better. So he's like, you know, I can take this focus in which I'm more of a thought leader, but building products I could take this one is more retail focused. This one is more information product centered. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, okay, but then like, that's a business aside. But now like, I have my own like extracurricular activities. Do I focus on like training, you know, or like Muay Thai or like any other extracurricular? And I'm thinking, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea how to solve this, but I didn't want to say, Sorry, bud. Like, I don't know how to help you. Right. Or just like take a wild guess yeah. and just say, I'm not I don't know guess this. That's a line to you. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, so then I just, I leaned up. I, during the conversation, as soon as that happened, I said, hmm, let me try to use questioning here. Let's just see how far the conversation mm-hmm. goes. Right. And just, I, this whole conversation went for about an hour to an hour, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't say a single thing. I, all, I mean, I didn't say any statement that wasn't a question yeah the whole time mm-hmm. i might have said hey this is why i'm asking the question because i saw this but back to the question mm-hmm. over and over again and then so the results was he created his own strategy which was not one of the options listed above right which was he actually innovated right two he was so confident in it right three he learned a little bit more about himself mm-hmm. and i learned more on how i can serve it mm-hmm. Four, he says, this was amazing, Ravi. Thanks. And I was like, I can't do anything. <laughs> All I did was ask a couple of questions. Right. And it just kind of speaks to the power of, huh, like after that conversation, I was just like, you know, I'm going to focus on doing this at work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on doing this for my friends and for you, right? Because yeah. it's just money on the table. It's, and you know, you ask, I wonder why it's so helpful. And yeah. It seems like it's a different conversation. It's a different conversation. And um, just to kind of bring it back to other areas. So I know in one of my like leadership classes that I was taking, um, a big thing that came up is when you're talking about being a good leader and you're talking about how to influence people, right? Which essentially as a partner, that's what you want to do in relationships, right? Like positive influence, obviously. But when you're trying to achieve that, we all know that it doesn't work to tell people what to do. Right. Influence works best when people think of their own solutions and they think of their own answers. They have their own agency. They have their own agency. And that is where questioning comes in. Right. If you and me are having a like whether it's an argument or like a normal discussion on some random 
arbitrary topic, right? Mm-hmm. Me telling you what to do gets me nowhere. Yeah. Whereas if I ask the right questions, I'm not manipulating you. I'm just asking the right questions and having you come to a resolution, whether it's the resolution I want or not, mm-hmm. or whatever format it comes in, it's still you have agency over your own thing and you are 100% more likely to use that. Yeah. Um, I love that you bring up agency because I was thinking, you know, like of this story, like why does it really work, right? And agency is a huge thing. So the way I see it is if I tell you to do something, mm-hmm. right, um, you know, can we watch Titans, the show that I want to watch, mm-hmm. right? I'm sorry, like we are going to watch what Titans, Titans, right? Or I say, do you want to watch <laughs> I love that you <laughs> ask the question because I'm like, you're so like used <laughs> to just asking questions I just that you're, think of it you can't make statements Because it's just too powerful. It's too influential. Like yeah. if I'm asking... If I want to watch like Titans, I want to watch it, right? Yeah. So I'm never going to say that we are watching. I'm going to say or let, can we you don't watch even it? say let's. Yeah. Which sounds less. Which sounds um because if you say like we are, that sounds like a yeah. demand. So most people are more likely in conversations to be like, oh, let's watch this, or even as a question, they say how about. Yeah. Which still feels more forced. Like I want to do this. Yeah. And you don't do those kind of questions. And so it's kind of like I pose this thought, this idea out there, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to actually think about it, to consider mm-hmm. it. But the fact that it's up to you makes you want to consider the yeah. idea a lot more, right? And 100%. so, you know, there's a million different reasons as to why question works, mm-hmm. but the way I imagine it is that it's like not a different conversation. It's a different language, right? Yeah. It's just like a language, a way of communicating that's just like, sounds like good music, mm-hmm. you know? Like it just resonates with you and you can connect to it and it's actually like I'm down to listen to this music for a while instead of like heavy rock metal where it's like you don't understand me it's a different vibe it's like (laughs) right it's that's much different than say hey I think I you have trouble understanding me is that does that make sense to you is that Mm -hmm. correct even just then it's like that's a different that's not even a good question along with aligned to what we're going to share but just that difference in itself yeah uh Cool. So like, so questioning. Um, yeah. First, how, how do we want to go about, we're going to give you three different uh, insights or methods. strategies, yeah. right? Um, so the first one that I think is, okay, like you want to start using questioning. Mm-hmm. The very first step is pretty simple. Ask as many questions as mm-hmm. possible, right? And you really love that idea, right? Yeah, because I think a big thing about that is as weird as it sounds to be like, ask as many questions it's like well duh you guys like that's like you know but I really want whoever's listening to really think about this right think about the last argument that you've had and think about what was said in these arguments how much of it was you or your partner making statements to defend your side and how much was it someone asking questions right what portion of that argument was questioning related and that is powerful because oh god no i was just going to ask you like so what do you think is the difference between a conversation in which you're using affirmatives to defend your values versus questioning yeah i think um kind of taking a step back to look at other domains you briefly mentioned this before but look at all these areas like so when we talk about why we're doing this right we all want the same thing right we're talking about this topic to have productive conversations which means that we all want a solution to something, mm-hmm. right? You're having this argument, you want a solution. But when you're making affirmatives, it's the difference is 
it's not a solution focused conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. And we can see this in other domains. So you kind of mentioned this, like I said before, if you're looking at areas that are solution focused, right? Like doctors, consultants, therapists, mm-hmm. what do they do? I want to say almost like 95% of what they do is ask questions. Yeah. When you go to a doctor, they don't make affirmative statements at you. Yeah. They ask you like a ridiculous amount of questions to figure out a solution, yeah. right? When you're working with a consultant, they do not make affirmative statements at you. Their job is to sit there, listen, and ask as many questions as they possibly can to find the best solution. Yeah. And that's where it comes in. Do you think you could even get to a solution without questions? No, 100%. Like, so, well, yes, but it's not a good solution, got right? It, so it. the answer is that, yes, of course you can. And it, this is how it would go. You and me are arguing. Mm-hmm. We're yelling at each other. Or we're not yelling. Whatever it is, it's an argument, right? Mm-hmm. You're making affirmative statements at me to defend your side. I'm making statements to defend my side, right? But they're all statements. Yeah. Or if I ask you a question, I'm asking you a question of, why would you ever do this? Yeah. Which are not, which we don't count as questions at this point. Yeah. Um, because they're all rhetorical, let's be real. So when we're having that kind of a conversation, yes, you can absolutely have a solution. One of us can give in yeah. and just say, I don't care anymore. You do whatever you want. That is technically a solution. Yeah. But is that really the solution that you want? Probably not. So when we're really talking about having a productive conversation, you want a solution that's sustainable in your relationship and that keeps your relationship alive. Got it. And functioning. Yeah, yeah exactly. So well, can you go through examples? I think that would be really helpful of what's a question I can ask mm-hmm. and then what's like the wrong affirmative way to say it, like or mm. vice versa. Yeah. Um, this, isn't an ex- this isn't an example of us personally but really top of mind because we've written about this topic Mm -hmm. before um, is this concept of kind of like two people working in the household or one person working in the household. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of assume that it comes because, you know, the person who, let's say in this situation, it's the guy who wants to work. Mm -hmm. Right. And expects his like wife or partner to not work in the future or whatever it is after they have kids. We can assume that it comes from, you know, that's just how he grew up, Yeah. right? And for the, like, woman, you know, in this heterosexual relationship, she grew up in a household where both parents worked. Yep. Right, that's how they worked. So the, obviously, it's a different set of what their expectations are in the future, yeah. right? The wrong way to do this would be the affirmative of, yeah. like, I need you to do this because I, like, let's say the guy, right, saying, well, who's going to take care of the kids? I like, I need some, like we both need someone to stay at home because, you know, we can't afford like a babysitter or a nanny. So who's going to take care of our children all the time? Yeah. You know, or, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, so what would be the question? Right. So the right way (laughs) is kind of using the Socratic questioning, which we kind of mentioned Mm -hmm. is the first thing you want to do is really understand the, well, not even Socratic, but the first thing you want to do is ask questions to really find the root of the problem. Yeah. Right. So the right way to do it is not, how could you ask that I would stay at home? The right mm-hmm. question is, well, what would be the, like, you know, what, I'm trying to think of a good question because this isn't a personal example, so it's a little hard. Yeah. Do you have one off the top of your head? But, yeah. but the point is, it's about finding the root cause because you're not necessarily fighting about that, like just working. 
at yeah, this point. So let's say that, um, yeah, because like, there's no judgment, right, on either right. side. So let's say that we're having an argument. You want to work, and I feel like I don't want you to work, mm-hmm. right? So I would say, uh, instead of saying, hey, I need you mm-hmm. to work, I'd be like, you know, so does it make sense, like... Hmm. See, it's hard because yeah. it's not a personal example yeah. of ours, but I didn't have a personal example so at the time. I, I mean, I head. would start like, okay, so why do you feel so strongly about yeah. going to work, right? And then you would have your reasons. Right? So let's say you're asking me yeah. that question. Yeah. So let's, let's say... I, okay, let's, I'm role-playing, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want you to work, okay? I'm putting my actor's face on. Yeah. All right, and you do want to work. So let's say this whole time you haven't been working, right? But I was under this hope of that you would be working, like... You would always be at home taking yeah. care of. But I didn't really think about this, but now you got this awesome opportunity. Yes. Right? We're we, here now. Yeah. So we both have to start making compromises, right? And like, so now you Not got Not compromises. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have to think of a solution. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, so let's say we get like angry. I said something wrong. Like, uh, yeah. like, like, how can you not want to stay at home with the kids? Yeah. We need someone, you know, we need. Or maybe I can celebrate with you yeah. on the win, right? Yeah. And that gets you really angry. Yeah. And so you would say, like... Well, the first thing, like I said, is knowing... This is where, like, the previous steps come in, first of all, right? It minimizes my anger. It tells me, like, I still have a partner who loves me, who wants the best for me. Because Mm -hmm. the conversation isn't about not celebrating me. It's about... It's stemming from something that I don't fully understand yet or that we haven't vocalized. But I'm still grateful because, I like, I have you. You love me you still are thinking of our kids and their futures, right? So like, what can I, what more can I ask for from a grateful, like gratitude perspective? So kind of in that mindset, my first step is being like, okay, he really is against me working. Why? Because I know he loves me and he wants the best for me. There has to be like some kind of other reason. So what question would you, because we know that we don't want to use why questions. I would just, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's a whole different topic. Um, but yeah, I think one thing is if we're having this conversation, it would kind of start, like I said, around finding the root cause, right? So I think it's starting to probe at like, okay, so you mentioned like, obviously, I know we went into this assumption, like thinking, you know, you would work, I would stay at home with the kids. But I'm curious, like, is that something that you've seen worked in the past? Is there, you know, did you have that in your household growing up? Is that what so you see as a successful, like household? I would say, yeah. Um, because, you know, my parents did it and like, I don't know, like, I think I saw sometimes like when our parent, like when I had friends with both parents not working, I saw that the kid was able to kind of fuck around. Um, Mm -hmm. he kind of ended up just watching TV. Like there was not that connection that maybe I would want, like between the parent and a child. Got it. So you're really, so what I hear is that you are really putting a huge importance on the connection between like what we would have with our kids, right? And you see that kind of being successful through me staying at home. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it. So that's the first thing, right? So like you're really being like, okay, so there's a sense of security there, right? You want the connection with the kids, that's security. That's like the first, obviously, like range of questions. Again, we can't tell you what to ask because we don't know exactly what you would ask. But the first part is really finding that cause, right? So the next part in my mind is kind of introducing questions that probe at that assumption, right? Because I'm still working on this idea that you love me and that you want the best for me. So if we're working on that assumption, I should be able to have a good conversation with you where I start testing that assumption, right? 
So because I come from a household of two parents working, it's not hard for me to introduce that point of view to be like, you know, I like, I'm so happy that you're thinking of our like children's needs, because obviously I a hundred percent want to feel as connected with our children as you are able to have with your parents. Um, But I'm curious, do you think that there's a way that there's other assumptions out there, other perspectives that could also work because, you know, just kind of speaking from my experience, both my parents did work and, you know, we, we have this great relationship um, that's kind of like, yeah, that's it. And like, that's it. Well, what I would have to say is you I can't, can't say con- no, you can't contradict that. If you said, is there a perspective out there? Is there a solution out there that we have not thought about? I can't say no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like no one can be like, no, I've seen it all. You, like, have, you have to be like 150 right. to even try to get to that assumption. So exactly like, well, oh, oh no, I was going to say, but it's not even just the assumption. It's that, you know, like in this situation, right? You said, well, it worked for me. Yeah. And I saw where my friends, it didn't work. But you can't contradict that I grew up in a happy household where I feel super yeah. connected and both my parents worked. Like you can't contradict a living example of it working. And at that same time, you didn't say that I was wrong. No. You didn't say that there's other, per- like you need to start looking at different perspectives. Yeah. You need to start looking at different solutions. Right. You got me to start thinking about that based off of an innovative question. Yeah. And I think that's key, right? That's where you see affirmative statements versus questions. It's easy in this conversation for someone to be like, how can you not want me to work? Like I, like my parents worked and like I turned out okay. So why wouldn't you want that for our kids? See, those are like very aggressive like questions where it's easier to take a step back and be like, you know, are there other perspectives that we can kind of look into? I'm curious, like this worked for me, but even beyond just us two, are there others? Yeah. Um, let's just do one more different scenario. Okay. Um, as a guy, so like for me, sometimes like, let's see, like there are times where I'm just like, I want to play PS4 and you're like, I want to sit here and watch TV with me. Right. right? I just say like that just happens with every guy. Right. Yeah. And there's always... It's just like a misalignment of like what we're trying to do. I'm pretty good about the time I let you play PS4, yeah, though. Are. Just making a claim for the entire audience. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, again, our monkey brains don't no, work No, of course. Way. Like, no matter, yeah, I could have been playing for hours and I'd just be like, I she's know. not letting me play enough, right? Yeah. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm like trying, I don't want this to be an argument, right? Because yeah. it's so easy to snowball and being like, well, she did this that last time and then the last time, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, and it's easy for the girl or like the other person to be like, oh, well, they're not paying attention to me. They're not yeah. spending time. So, okay. I want to have a productive conversation, right? So mm-hmm. first thing we go through like the gratitude, right? Be like, you know what? I fucking love that she wants to hang out with me. That's kind of cool. But the second thing is, okay, it, it seems like it's either I get to like play PS4 or watch TV mm-hmm. where there's no like solution. Wait, now that I know Zero Sum Game from listening to part one, I know that there's a solution out there, right? Mm-hmm. Create the emotional safety from part two. Part three, cool. How do I start using questions? How do I get there? So I would say, like, ha- like as an, it sounds so cheesy, but how does it make you feel when I like play PS4? Right? right. That would be the first question. I wouldn't start and being like, hey, I feel like a little suffocated. I feel like a lack of control. Like yeah. I don't need to go into that yet. Yeah. I can learn about more of what's driving you. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that actually weirdly goes into like the second Second strategy. Um, But yeah, just kind of like a quick thing like about that. I love that because I think what we have to remember is if we're trying to have these conversations, it's not about you. Yeah. 
So yes, you're valid in feeling suffocated, just like I'm valid in feeling that you're not spending time with yeah. me. They're both valid. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. That's just how we feel. But it doesn't help the conversation if you start by making me feel guilty yeah. about how you feel either, yeah. right? So we want like non-invasive questions because you're just really trying to figure out what's going on. And exactly. And in that scenario, a good way just to nip in the butt yeah. is kind of saying like, so like, what do you feel is, is missing when you want to hang out with me? Like, or it, it seems to bother you. Like, yeah. so let me, like, tell me why, like, it bothers you. There's no right or wrong, right? Yeah. That emotional safety. Exactly. And then you would say, well, you know, it feels like I'm less connected to you. Right. right. Or like, you know, if you're playing PS4, you know, we're always working all day. So like, I'd love some time. Yeah. So then I can ask, like, without even saying anything, like, is there other ways that we can share this time? And then just, you know, yeah. that's just right then and there. Your, our brains, we pose a question. Our brains have to solve it. Yeah, they exactly. has to solve it, right? And that's a huge power of it. It's just, yeah. and then right then, if we say, well, um, you know, in the morning, like you're just kind of messing around, like maybe we can like listen to, um, have coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. Because we ask that question, we're so much more uh, likely to yeah. come up with a solution. And the best thing that you just said is think about that solution, right? I. If we came up with, oh, okay, well, you know, in the morning, we always have like half an hour where we're not really doing anything. So instead of watching a half an hour of like Big Bang Theory, why don't we like talk in the morning, yeah. right? Like while we're like drinking our coffee. That solution had nothing to do with, like it is the epitome of zero sum game too. Yeah. Because that's not your solution. Your solution is I want to play PS4. Yeah. My thing is I want to watch TV and we're like, wait, we just found a whole new thing on how we can spend time together. That, we that was a win-win situation. Before. And I still can watch whatever TV I want. You can yeah. play your PS4 and we get the time that we asked for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's number one, right? Just yeah. like even asking questions, just start off by asking one question. Yeah. And, and it's just experimenting. You're eventually going to find the right questions to ask. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are just like, if you get in the mindset of just being curious and genuinely being like, look, we're not yelling at each other. I just want to be like, I just want to figure this out. Yeah. So just ask questions. Yeah. Um, cool. So, okay. So, and kind of to that, right? You yeah. are going to ask questions and shit's going to go backwards. Like, uh, yeah. it's going to backfire. Yeah. It will, but like realize, again, we're talking about questioning as a skill, mm -hmm. right? So the more that you keep asking these questions, um, yeah, it might, it might blow back in your face, but you're going to be making such strides yeah. just by using questioning. Um, that it's just going to go a long way. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the second thing that I want to talk about in terms of strategy of questioning is um, kind of making sure that they're emotion focused. Right? Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by emotion -focused? Well, you kind of actually went into this with the role playing yeah. in the second thing, right? I think the biggest thing that sometimes we do when we, so when we say like ask questions, it's easy to ask questions about behaviors. Yeah. So if I'm upset that you didn't wash the dishes, it's easy for me to just be like, well, why didn't you wash the dishes? Yeah. Right. But that's a behavioral thing. And one thing that I've noticed is a lot of your emotions, one, you kind of talk about this. I'll let you go into yeah. this too. Um, but it's about the fact that emotions are not logical, right? Yeah. So why are you focused on the logical side? Because you want to focus on the things that you aren't controlling, right? And figure yeah. out how to harness that. And so... It kind of, the best way to kind of really portray this, right, the second strategy of being emotion-centered and open-minded is 
uh, like one of my friends called me awake and he's like, I just don't get it. I just really don't get why she thinks this way. Mm -hmm. And the first thought I have is you won't. Yeah. You never, you have zero chance. Honestly, for, I can tell you she probably doesn't know. And that is the thing. Yeah, so, what, look, okay, so we're learning more about emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So the next step, like the emotional intelligence 5.0, is for us to really learn about emotions in mm -hmm. general. Like what about anger? How does it work? How does it start? What's its purpose? How, what's going on in the body? How do we alleviate it? All that stuff. But the thing is, like, Anger doesn't work on emotion. Sadness doesn't work on, uh, on, on logic. On logic. <laughs> uh, that would have been a lot more powerful if I was just really <laughs> good with that. But your emotions do not care about the logic that you place. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, scientific tangent, I just think that your subconscious has so many data points yeah. that it just speaks a different language than mm -hmm. you. It's the supercomputer. It can't transmit information in which you can understand. Yeah. Right? So... Let's say that there are times that you get sad. Okay, I just, this is really helpful. I just thought of something, right? Um, sometimes it really just, I don't know, it just gets to me when sometimes I get sad mm -hmm. and then you get sad, Yeah. right? Um, in my head, if I were to think about this logically, yeah. there is a logical kind of progression, of progression like, yeah. for me to say it makes no sense for you to be sad when I'm sad. Yeah. I can use the logic, well, you know, you're here to bring people up. Like, if I'm sad, why are you sad? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, sadness doesn't really work that way. If I'm sad, why, why are, are you sad? sad? Right? Yeah. Third thing is, if there's nothing bothering you, why is why are you sad? Yeah. Right? Those are the logical things. And these are the yourself. questions that come up in conversations and then i That's ask you this question and you have to answer this and for me i'm like i don't know i just get sad when you're sad and then we're in a survival instinct so what do you do you come up with an answer mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's right it doesn't matter if you're both lying to yourself the thing is you put your partner on the spot mm -hmm. and to they answer. have to survive mm -hmm. and a lot of times they don't know the answer right because we don't know about our emotions so then sometimes we're forced to lie, right? Mm -hmm. And it's and then what happens is that we have another 30 minutes, an hour, arguing about a lie that's actually really not true. It's just our best guess. And we're trying to bring logic to an argument that has no logic. Yeah. That's really what it is. And I think kind of um, just to bring it back a little, it's we talked about this a lot, right? In conflict and stuff, emotions arise. You say things you don't mean, all of this stuff. So when you're making these statements and you're talking about your emotions. There's nothing to talk about because neither of you really knows what's going on. Yeah. Like, I think that's the crux of it is you're trying to, like, really put logic to an illogical situation. And, yeah, and so how it comes off in conversations, and this happens to you, is that we try to figure out why is Asylu sad. Yeah. Okay? Like, that's what our brains are trying to do, right? Because yeah. if you could figure out why she's sad, you can try to avoid it, right? Mm -hmm. But you never will, right? Yeah, because and I don't even know. So I, so instead, I use my questions, not trying to like figure out the mechanisms of sadness. Yeah, you just can't do that. I just try to, I just try to learn more about your sadness, mm -hmm. right? I'm very open about it. I'm yeah. very accepting about it, and it's like it sounds like a little cheesy, a little hippie, but I do it in, for power, right? Yeah. If I know as much as I can about your sadness. I will be able to exert my power by working around it, by learning how to manage it, by yeah. saying, hey, this is a, like a problem and we, I want to get to a solution. Yeah. Here. And I think a big thing is, 
you know, like we said, a lot of questions that people ask are behavioral. And I think what I struggle with and that, and I think why a lot of people don't really have productive conversations with those kind of questions, if they're asking those questions, is um, when you're going about your day, right? From the minute I wake up to the minute I sleep, I have a thousand different behaviors that I do. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, well, she got, if you even try to have this conversation and you ask the wrong questions and you're like, okay, well, Silo gets sad if I play PS4. So I guess I'm just never playing PS4. Mm -hmm. If I get sad the next day, you'll be like, why is she sad again? Yeah. You know? So the point is like, in my mind, there's root causes that cause certain emotions, right? Yeah. So this is off the top of my head. So I, I don't even know if this is accurate, but let's say I always, like a lot of my sadness comes from feeling disconnected with you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my frustration could come if I want you to take more responsibility. Yeah. And a lot of my anger comes from lack of security. Yeah. Right? But they're all like, they kind of roll up into certain root issues yeah. that people have. And asking the right type of questions really allows you to know the root causes mm-hmm. so that if I'm sad, you're not like, oh, it's because that she, it's because I played PS4. You're like, oh, it's because she wanted attention and she, she just feels like disconnected from me. Yeah. So what can I do in the next few days to feel more connected? Yeah. You're not just like, oh, let me just not play PS4 because you could do something else that still feels disconnected to me yeah. and I'll still be sad. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So again, it's like when you are accepting yeah. of the emotion, you get to learn a lot about it. Yeah. Right? So, kind of, okay, so there's questioning where we can start trying to drill a little bit deeper into root causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're trying to do that, what's really important to know about these emotions is that going back to, we really don't have the understanding about emotions yet, mm-hmm. let alone just to, you know, people in the conversation. Uh, so, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know what you were about to say, but if, do you have any like action items? Like, you know how in the first one, we kind of did a little bit of role play to be like, these are the types of, this is the kind of like way you can go about asking these questions. Do you have something for emotions? Yeah, so I'm just bringing it back to maybe some mornings when I wake up cranky and Mm -hmm. upset, right? So I am not trying to ask why you are upset. Mm -hmm. I could try to learn the root causes. Oh, but I was saying that you have to take your partner. You have to take your time. Oh, yeah. Your partner, like, you won't understand it. Your partner won't understand these emotions. Mm -hmm. If you are expecting a solution to learn about that partner's emotion in this conversation, Mm -hmm. you lost, right? Mm -hmm. It takes, takes, like, years to just be open about it. I know, like, you're in a relationship. I can't take years. It's killing me too much. But then you can, like, we can speed that up, right? But there has to be some time. Yeah. This investigation, but other things that I would ask about. Well, I just want to like actually say that for anybody who is thinking that really quickly before we continue is, it's like weirdly both. You'll also get instant gratification. Yeah. But it takes long term, like any skill, to really harness it and master it. Yeah. But I will say that there is a lot of like short term, Mm. like gratification from this too. So I like for the people who are like, well, I'm like, let's say these are people who are like really suffering. Right, with like unproductive conversations. Yes, the things that we take to master, yes, they take years, right? But if you're like really, really struggling, if you start implementing these, you will see changes. So if you start implementing these, even in the short term, your conversations will start feeling less 
like anger, you know? Agreed. So, well, I guess that's, that's I didn't communicate correctly. I think trying to get to the root cause is going to take some time. Yes. Yes. Right. But this is how we're going to get instant gratification. Right. Yeah. So I'm there. I can go to you and just kind of be like, this is how I'll start. Just be like, you know, um, is anything bothering you? Most likely you'll say no. I know that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that's false. You know that's false. Yeah. But look, there's no logic to it, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's cool. Like, you're not going to tell me anything's bothering you, yeah. right? But then I can just be like, hmm, does it bother you when I wake up upset? Yeah. Right? Um, and then because I gave you that idea, yeah. it's a much easier to say yes to yeah. that. Right? So maybe you say, yeah, right? Um, I'll just be like, does it, is it is it familiar to you? Um, you know, being bothered when other people are bothered. I don't know. And like, there's again, there's a million different ways that yeah. this can go. But just to keep going through different questions I can ask. Yeah, and I think one thing um, that you mentioned, like, I don't think on here yet, is for some of these questions, like, especially with emotion-based, because they're not logical, it's hard to ask open-ended questions. Yeah. Because if they're not logical, it's easy for someone to be like, I don't know, I don't have an answer for you, or try to lie, yeah. right? So for emotion-based questions specifically, if you're just trying to learn about it, I actually, like... I don't know if you noticed, but the questions that you just gave as an example are yes or no questions. Yeah. It uh, makes it easier for me to think. Because mm. if you're like, why are you upset? I'd be like, I don't know. You know, but if you say like, does it bother you when I do it? Like when I wake up cranky, my answer is yes or no. And I know that it bothers me. Yeah. I don't know why, but I know it bothers me. And then if you ask like, okay, well, have you noticed like, does it normally bother you when everyone is cranky? And I'm like, yeah, actually. You know, and yeah. you start, like, digging in and yes or no kind of, they feel more um, non-invasive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yes and no questions can be non-invasive. Um, and so even just just more questions that I would ask is, so, like, what trigger, triggers you, right? I'm not trying to ask, like, how do we eliminate the sadness? Yeah. Like, you don't want to get therapized yet. Yeah, <laughs> right? I love that word. Therapies. We say it all the time. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to do that. Like, you're trying to do your own thing. I'm trying to just try to extract some information that I can make the next time better. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, does, do you get triggered if I were to do this? Yeah. Right? Do I get triggered? But there's sometimes that you, I get sad and you don't get sad. So what's the difference? Right. Right? And that's not, like, I'm not attacking you. We're both, like... Trying to just figure this out. And, yeah. And this is where the whole idea of root causes is important. Because you're right, sometimes you get sad and I don't. So if you try to look at all the behavioral stuff, mm -hmm. you'll you'll go insane yeah. trying to figure out the situations where I get sad if you get sad and where I don't get sad if you get sad. Yeah. This is why there's like, you know? Uh, yeah, so again, so with these questions, again, we're not trying to expel the emotions, we're just trying to learn about mm -hmm. them as if it's like a pet, you know, in your house or if it's a child right who doesn't know why they made the mess right yeah. you're just trying to see okay are there options that i have mm -hmm. to alleviate this pressure to you know direct it in a different way to direct it in a productive way right? mm -hmm. um and that's that's our second strategy of just making sure that these questions are emotionally emotion focused, focused. yeah right um i do like we did want to talk about a third one right we have you listening for 40 minutes but I do want to talk about, like, this is kind of a third 2A mm -hmm. uh, strategy. And so we say, you know, I, I naturally ask a lot of 
um, yes or no questions. Yeah. Right. The thing is, like, yes or no questions can trap people. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna do the dreaded option C. Do you remember in school where it was like, say if this question is true or false. Yeah. A true. False. Uh, B false. false. C like neither. Yeah. Need more information. I'm like, yeah. you can go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> I hate these questions. Yeah. But. This is going Comes to be back to haunt us now. <laughs> no, it's actually the opposite. It's actually oh, going to yes, really yeah. help us, right? Yeah. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I yes or no. I hated question. it when you were younger. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I hated that. I was like, ah, like I don't know. I can guess. I have a fifty. Now it's a thirty. Okay. Anyway, yeah. um, what this option does is where I'm going to always give you option C. A lot of my questions, I give you an option C. You so I say, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I when I'm set. Um, do you get like do you get upset because I'm upset like or do you not know mm-hmm. like what what does that do for you right yeah so for everyone listening like he actually uses like that's a quote like you literally say or do you not know and it's it's like completely changed the game mm-hmm. because I think what we were saying before yes or no if you don't ask the right yes or no questions it can trap you right mm-hmm. And sometimes, like we said, you don't know your own emotions. So if you ask me yes or no, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So now you're put on the spot, right? Right. And I think I was saying sometimes when people are put on the spot with a survival technique, you want to lie. It's not a harmful lie, but it's also kind of harmful. You want to lie to yourself because you want to delude yourself that you're getting closer to a solution because that's much better than realizing that you're far away from the solution exactly so like your do you or do you not know makes me more comfortable to be like okay you know what he's okay if i don't know yeah that's really what it is right because when you say yes or no i'm like okay i he needs to know now yeah which way i'm leaning but if you say yes no or do you not know you're giving me an out as we yeah. like to say right you're giving me an out because i'm like okay you know what if i don't know it's okay because yeah. he's okay if I don't know, like, too. Yeah. And it also lets you eject yourself from the conversation. So mm-hmm. if you're like, I don't know, and then if you didn't want to have that conversation, I set you up to leave the conversation on the good terms. You yeah. can say, I don't know. I want to take some time to think about it if that's yeah. okay with you, right? Yeah. I set that up because I want you to walk away from the conversation if you're feeling under pressure. Yeah. Because I don't, why would I want you feeling under pressure? We're both here and to brainstorm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, neither option works. So we do this a lot, like saying, because sometimes I feel this way, yeah. right? So if I'm asking like, hey, like, you know, we told ourselves that we were going to work um, or do the, like do the errands, right? Because it's piling up. Yeah. And, but you know, you didn't, you know, I didn't feel that support. You didn't feel like you didn't wake up with me, right? Mm-hmm. Ready to work. And I say, like, is that, you know, is that because you're tired or is it because of another reason we haven't thought mm-hmm. of yet, right? That allows you to say, one, yeah, it's okay. I might not know the option. Mm-hmm. Two, you can just be like, Ugh, no, it's just like a, I don't know, it's just like a weak spot, like, but I'll be good back into it. And that yeah. allows you to say, like, yeah. I don't know, but I think I'll be good um, for the next time yeah. around, right? Or I would say, um, why well, I brought this scenario up is to say, um, you know, like, did you feel unmotivated even though we talked about it? Because mm-hmm. that happens to me. Right. If I didn't say that happens to me, you'd be like, yeah, that's a pretty crappy thing to do, right? Like, to say that you're going to do something yeah. and not do it. Anyone's at fault. It's a, a matter of integrity. Right. I don't want to... 
the point of the conversation, me asking you these questions is to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like um, ostracize you. Is that the right yeah? Word? I think I'm pretty sure it was Jack Schaefer who yeah. said this on the Jordan Harbinger show, um, and he was talking about that, right? Yeah. He was like, it helps you make pe- make people feel more comfortable yeah. because they never want to feel guilty of something. So if you say like, oh, but it's okay because it it happens to me, it relieves the pressure that they pressure feel. and guilt and guilt. Now you gave them all the comfort and all the space to answer honestly mm-hmm. and for themselves. That's the thing. It's not about honestly between your partner and you. It's yeah, that's support. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of honesty that goes between your partner and themselves and you and yourself, mm-hmm. right? So being able to ask questions the right way, giving them an out, making them feel comfortable, lets them understand themselves yeah. better in their own time, which is so important because mm-hmm. you give them a little time, you give them that out. It gives them so much power and confidence to say, I'm comfortable. I can go through this. We can solve this together. I am no longer on the spot. It's no longer on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one of the small reasons as to why a good question can just be so powerful. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's, you know, question one, um, sorry, strategy one, just start off with questions, right? Yeah. It's a great idea. Just start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like as, as you said, just be cognizant. A, yeah. And just with a clarifying, uh, question, question mm-hmm. right. But then, you know, you ask that clarifying question, it's going to roll into more Then your partner's going to feel that energy and they're going to be asking questions. It's yeah. going to be honestly, you really want to have a conversation where like, I want to say like 90% of it is just questions. Yeah. Um, and the good questions can make a conversation into one that's thrilling about growth and excitement mm-hmm. instead of battling yep. values, right? Um, the second thing is to make keep questions emotions centered. And when you're talking about these emotions and learning about it, uh, be very accepting mm-hmm. of them, right? The goal is to not try to understand why, whether it makes sense or not, whether it's right or wrong. We're just trying to understand how it plays into our behavior. Um, and what we can do about it. Yep. And, you know, maybe it's step 2A, maybe it's step <laughs> 3, but to give them an out, right? Mm-hmm. To make them feel comfortable as you're doing this, right? Um, kind of telling them just with these two quotes, right? Uh, or do you not know? Or because this happens to me, gives them almost, it can give them all the security that they need just with that one clause, with yeah. that one question. Uh, so we have these three techniques these are things that me and silo use almost every day and people ask me like you know why how does it make sense that you don't have fights and this is this again, is why <laughs> everything that we talk about in these series is why but this is one of our secret weapons of why that there's such a disparity right it's not that we don't fight it's that we're way above average because we know about questioning yeah, and I think a big thing is we use these questions every day. It's not even just for con. It, yeah. We literally have these conversations all the time. Yeah. So even they're not even just used in fights. These are great questions to just learn about your partner. Yeah, we use these all the time. I don't. I'm pretty sure ninety percent of conversations between me and Ravi are just questions throughout the day. Yeah, it really makes life so much more exciting. You're, yeah, I can go. I can speak for this for ten hours, but at the end of the day, questions. My magic seed method, you put little seeds in them to kind of let other people come up with these conversations, feel comfortable, mm-hmm. 
um, and really connect with them. Yeah. And so I just want you guys to think, you know, like the next time you do start a conversation, right? And you're asking questions, making sure that the problem, the conversation is geared towards solutions. Yep. You're asking questions to learn more about emotions. You're asking the right questions that create more safety, right? Throughout this entire process, right? Like now you're asking questions. You're even asking yourself the question, did I ask a question in the last 30 seconds? Imagine where these conversations would go. Can you... Can you think, actually a challenge, like think about how someone can get so angry and be so stonewalling, even though you're using questions, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. Questions, it just means you haven't hit the right questions. Yeah, yet. That's questions really are it. meant to seduce. Mm -hmm. And we really think once you apply these, you'll start knowing the effects right away. Yeah. So go ahead, try them. Um, it is free. So I want you to, I want you to try this, and if it doesn't work, um, I want you to let us know, right? Because questioning is a skill. So if you don't work, if it doesn't work, it's not the idea, right? Because we know well, it's been used. We like, know that therapists use it. Forget yeah. other domains. Like therapists use it here and now, yeah. right? So and so it's more about the application, right? How mm -hmm. how's actually how are we fitting this into your life? And I want to know about that, right? We want to work on that together. Um, and if it does work, right? please share, right? We want other people to know about how awesome questioning is and knowing that there's skills, you know, for this whole series on how we can make more productive conversations. Uh, if you're still tuning in, just remember our next podcast is going to be about negotiating. So, right, so this is where all the good stuff happens, right? Yeah. We, set up, we set up the zone, we got gratitude, we got like an open mindset, we got emotional safety, started it off with questioning, then we're gonna go in for the kill. Exactly. To get what you want. So make sure you hit follow so that you stay tuned for when our next episode releases. Until then, live long and prosper. <laughs> okay.